Welcome back. I'm Kim Bailey. She's Fuliana Osborne and this is Inside Exec. Today Fuliana and I are in separate locations. So Fuliana drew the short straw and she gets to start the conversation we're going to have. Hi, it's Fuliana here. Today I want to talk to you about senior executives working as temps. A few years back, when we talked about the idea of somebody being a temp in the corporate world, I think what would have come to mind is people in a reception role, in a PA role, etc., in an admin role, in IT, mostly stopped at that. Never really back then thought about a senior executive working as a temp. Nowadays, if you still think that way, that way of thinking is way, way outdated. There are many, many senior executives doing just that. And there is lots and lots of advantages in doing that for both the employer and the employee. So let's look at the employer's position. There's a company that's looking for a specialist role or they're looking to restructure or looking to do something that they need special expertise. Somebody with, it could even be general experience as in a senior executive, a general manager type that will come in and focus on that do it, it's done, and then hand it over. For the employer, for the company, that's a really good thing because what happens there is they're saving money and they're not committed to long-term resources. The sort of professions I have in mind and, in fact, got lots of examples of is that position could be a CFO, a lawyer. It could be an IT manager. It could be a general manager setting up a new division. So if you look at that, you see, what is the advantage then from the senior executive perspective? One person asked, look, isn't there a stigma still attached with the fact that I've finished a very senior role and now I'm going to work part-time for maybe only six months? The answer to that is absolutely not. Anybody that thinks there is a stigma, as I said, is outdated in their thinking. However, the advantages for the individual is that the people that would choose to work that way, they value autonomy and flexibility of being able to go and focus on that one thing. That one thing could be a project, it could be anything, but what they're doing is going into an organisation, hitting the road running, quickly understanding what the organisation needs, and I might add, in some cases, the organisation is not too clear about what they need and they want someone who's got experience that will identify what the issue is as well as the solution, which I know a few of you listening have shared that with me as already. All right then, so the advantage there is you don't get the full politics, the full-on politics of an organisation. You're a lot more focused. You tend to get to know people very quickly People don't have to worry about you being a threat. They know you're here to achieve an outcome and to leave it in in a good stead. So now, this is a very, very important point because there is also stigma attached to the fact that, oh, yes, a consultant or a temp or a super temp, as they call it these days, will come in, do that and go, they don't have to live with the consequences. In fact, they absolutely do. They do have to live with the consequences because it's the result and the long-term advantages that that person leaves behind is 
their reputation. Their reputation is what will get them another job with this organization or another organization in the future. So it's absolutely critical that they're able to count on their achievement and refer that to someone as a reference point for their hiring. By choosing this sort of work, and to work this way, I should say, it's really a huge advantage for the individual. You can take your skills to another industry, you can learn about a new industry, but even within the same industry, learning about how different company works make you richer in your experience and in your thought, and therefore you are able to contribute more to your next assignment. When you're working in a permanent role in the same organization, there's many, many advantages there as well. However, that variety that comes with it, whether you are one minute working with a startup company, one minute you're working with a global organization, and then you're working with a government agency, a non-government agency, you're working in different countries even because of the nature of the assignment. One of my colleagues, in fact, have been able to continue to do that while he was traveling. He was able to decide to stay, say, in Europe or in the UK, and then he would spend some time, about three months, doing an assignment there. Usually he got to get those sort of jobs by contacts, by reputation, and by his huge network. So this is some of the advantages of doing that. So you get your autonomy, you get your flexibility, you expand your experience in your current industry and in new industries, you gain more knowledge, you're a lot more focused as you are not distracted, you know you have to achieve the results and you have to achieve them quickly. As I said, you're not as perceived as a threat because you're here to achieve that. You don't waste too much time on politics, but there will be politics and you have to maneuver that very carefully as always. You need to be very visible so people will get to know you, new people will get to know you, your reputation will grow and another way of doing that by joining new industries You then have to help yourself by joining different associations, for example, and becoming a new member of organizations will increase your knowledge again and will increase your visibility and your network. Now, what about the money, you might ask? Well, in some cases, you end up earning on an hourly basis same and sometimes more than what you used to earn before. The cons for this sort of arrangement is the fact that you've got to keep going back out to market. So if the assignment is for six months, 12 months or three months, whatever it may be, you have to keep going back out again to get yourself another job if that's what you want. The other thing is, of course, there's going to be financially the gap between jobs and it's not for everyone. But there are a lot of advantages and becoming And this is not just a a temporary thing. This is not a new thing that's happening. This has been going on for some time. In fact, there was an article back in 2012 by uh, Harvard Business Review about the rise of the super temp. There's a lot of statistics that show the percentage of people actually working at senior executives in temporary roles. 
if you Google how do you go about finding jobs like that, there are agencies that specialize in executives working as temps. In a startup company, for example, we've got a lot, to, a lot more startups now than we have before, as we covered in some of the other podcasts. And these are entrepreneurs coming up with great ideas. They quickly want to hit the road running with the idea. And they're looking for people at very senior level to come and specifically address certain things, whether it's be, again, CFO, the legal matters, or the not so much the, the new IT, but just the basic infrastructure of an organization, helping them even with the hiring of the right people and the mix of the right people. So again, they don't want to, to create an empire of people. They want to focus on their ideas, on their um, new invention, but they want someone to quickly help them get there and get out in that sense. In my opinion, and also from my own experience, and I know Kim will share share his in a minute, is to say, look, the way I'm working now, I couldn't be happier. I have a lot of variety. I have a lot of flexibility. I'm meeting a lot more people. I'm actually learning new through others, and I'm able to help my mentees with the knowledge that I'm gaining. That is because I do extend myself to continuously learn from others by reading, by joining organizations and by attending certain sessions. So I hope you find this useful as many, many people have ventured in that area and doing very well and enjoying it very much. I'll hand you over now to Kim and she will share her views with you. Thanks, Liana. I think that all of the points that you've made are very, very valid ones. I want to talk particularly about my own experience in this arena. From the mid-1990s, this is exactly how I have worked. I haven't looked for full-time, single employer employment, but rather took essentially a self-audit of my skills and my areas of expertise and decided that there were going to be organisations that needed those particular skills and didn't need them long term. They just needed someone to come in, perhaps train their staff, show their staff how to do things, look at a situation, resolve issues that might be around the the actual workings of their organisation. And as Fuliana said, my ability to continue and do that kind of work all sorts of organisations was absolutely based on me getting results. There was no way that I could go into an organisation and suggest or make changes and not live with the results because quite often that initial placement that I would have would mean that results had to happen before I finished my time there. But if it didn't, if there were things that were going to take 12 months or 18 months or longer to come to fruition, that it was in my professional best interest and in my personal interest to see that those things happen. So I maintained contact. I maintained contact, not because I wanted more work, particularly from those organisations, but I did want to see the results. I did want to know that the suggestions and the changes that I had made based on my expertise and my reading of the situation and my assessment were the right ones because I needed to know that so that if I was placed in the same situation again 
with the same sorts of conditions in an organisation, then I know that there is a certain process or a certain solution that can work or that can bring them better economies, can bring them better efficiencies, whatever it was that I was looking for. If I look at a one specific example, that's a considerable period of time away now. It was probably one of the first times that I worked this way. I went into an organisation and I had absolutely no idea of what they did. It was a, a health organisation. I had never worked in the health industry previously. It was very specific. It was um, an, an aged, an old organisation in that it had been around for a very long period of time. It was very well respected. It had moved with the times somewhat in in their, their area of expertise, but it was very disparate. They were they were spread across a quite a broad geographic range and each of the geographic locations had a different focus. So they had one that was out of Western Sydney that was related to youth because that was an area where there had been a great deal of youth growth in their demographic. There was one southwest of Sydney that was designated as a multicultural centre because that at the time it was set up was, was the centre of where migrants were coming into the country and settling and so it was seen as a good place to have that central health location focused on, on multicultural services. There were ones up and down the New South Wales coast to deal with coastal health issues. And there was one in the inner west of Sydney, which had, a, a, as initially, I suppose, was more focused around education and research because it was close to the universities and it was the pseudo head office. They faced a situation where the demographics for those geographic locations had changed. And they knew that they had changed because of the change in the visitations that they had to the clinics that they had. But they didn't really know as an organisation what they could do. Everyone in the organisation was professionally focused towards the service that they were providing. So there was no one with real management expertise. And they didn't want to populate the organisation with middle managers and upper managers who just had management expertise because they were very much focused and their, their funding, they're a non-government organisation, their funding was based on them providing services, not on having a big bloated management structure. So they brought me in uh, as a management consultant and it was my job to look at the whole of the organisation but particularly the youth services and the multicultural services and work out what could be done within the structure that they already had because they were very constrained by finance and they obviously had to report back to the government that, about the funding and how they were using it. And I had a very short period of time to do it because naturally enough again back to the finances they needed very much efficiency of time and cost in that exercise. Now I worked there initially for three months and made some suggestions and put in place some changes and was very much hands-on in looking at what the issues were but also in showing the people within the organisation that they could do more than they were doing now without detracting from their areas of expertise. So 
I think that that would be a very hard task for anyone who was employed within the organisation because you're always going to be focused on what the organisation's mission is. So it, it's easier for someone to come in who has expertise in management generally, come in, look at the situation, make some decisions and let these people see what they can take on as part of what, how they're doing things. What it does is maintain their level of responsibility, not just for their jobs, but for the organisation that employs them. You're not, in, in this situation, what they're buying from you, what they want from you, is not your knowledge of their organisation or their services, because they'll tell you, and they'll tell you long and often what they do and how well they do it. And that's important for them to be able to do that because it still keeps, in their eyes, it keeps you in a certain slot. It means that they recognise that you're bringing in expertise that they haven't got. You're not a threat to them in terms of employment because you don't have the knowledge or the skills that they do to provide the services that they're providing. But what they, they do want, and it's what Fuliana kept saying, is they want your expertise. And so you should never look at these situations as something that is less than what you were doing before. It's actually more, and it will always be more, because you're providing a catalyst for organisations, more organisations than one. So you're actually contributing more in terms of the economy because you're keeping lots of organisations going and spreading around your expertise so that that the economy and these businesses can grow, can flourish, can prosper. Looking at the mindset of how you approach the situation where you've come from full-time senior employment into either by choice or by circumstance, looking at shorter periods of time. So short bursts, generally three months would be the shortest period of time. But sometimes you might just have a, a project where they want you to come in three days. You know, in one of our previous guests, I know that, that one of his consultations was just for three days and because it was a very specific task. It was, was getting a, a, a tender in and his expertise was required for that three days to make sure that the rest of the tender team could put together a tender that was ready for the deadline for submitting the tender, obviously. So it, regardless of the period of time that you look to be employed in this consulting or assisting role, I think that you need to ensure that you are thinking about it in terms of your expertise, not in terms of what other people think or how it is perceived by others, whoever others are, is that you're at a point in your career experience-wise, expertise-wise, where other organisations want you. Lots of organisations want you. And it is also, I think, important to recognise that employment generally is going to change. In the next 10 years, we are going to see an enormous change in how people are employed. And if you're at the forefront of that by already accepting and knowing that you can adjust to that shorter period of time, throw yourself into it, and then finish 
look for the results, move on to the next thing, take that success with you to the next place that you offer your expertise, then that's going to provide you with a, a different kind of lifestyle and perhaps it's going to open up your lifestyle to being able to do all sorts of other things, whether it's learning or sport or other kinds of recreation, that we will all need to in the next 10 years think about how we want to work and look at how we can use our expertise to leverage the rest of our lives. Now that I'm off my soapbox about how we should be living in the next 10 years, I think that that's probably between us, Fuliana and I, we've covered our ideas on this particular topic. I know that it's a different sort of podcast for you to listen to when we're the two of us are in separate locations. We will be back in the one location fairly soon and so you will hear a little bit more of the banter that is usually part of our podcast. But for now, I'm Kim Bailey. She was and still is Fuliana Osborne and this is Inside Exec.